You're listening to the Martin Houston Show on Tide 100.9 in Tuscaloosa. Alabama first and 10 on the 12. Again, Houston. He's got a hole. He's over. Alabama touchdown. I'm just wondering if your listeners know how good a football player you were. I can still see you playing that fullback, knocking those players out of the, out of the way. And I believe I could have run behind you. Martin, I can remember when we came to summer and you were playing fullback up there. And I saw you in the weight room and watched the watched workout in the weight room. If you could pick up, you were strong enough to pick up the whole weight room. I wanted to pick it and I run in that place didn't take <laughs> biggest, biggest mistake we ever made. The Martin Houston Show with national championship winning fullback Martin Houston. Giving you one hour of intense, hard-hitting analysis from an insider's perspective. It's time for the Martin Houston Show on your home for Alabama sports. Tide 100.9 and streaming on the Tide 100.9 app. Good morning. Welcome. The Martin Houston Show on Tide 100.9 on Radio Style. The Martin Houston Show fan page on Facebook at Martin Houston 35 on Twitter. Give us a like, give us a follow. Share us with family and friends. Let them know what's happening on your home for Alabama sports. Tide 100.9. Remember that this is a day that the Lord made, so let's rejoice and be glad in it. Taking contacts, notice someone, love someone. Serve someone. Be the difference you want to see in the world today. Got a great show lined up for you. Of course, we'll have DC, DC Capstone Report joining us in the second quarter, and he'll be with us throughout the remainder of the day. And the Taco Casa Hotline will be open that entire time. If you want to get in on the conversation, all you have to do is call the Taco Casa Hotline at 205 342 990 Four. That's the Taco Casa Hotline, 205-342-9904. Taco Casa, quality, taste, value under the biggest cactus in town. If you're looking for a great option for lunch and or dinner, then you need to check out Taco Casa, whether it be drive-in, I mean drive-through, dine-in, carry-out, all three options available, and they are there to serve you, whether you're looking for burritos, uh, chimalupa, chimichanga, or a big glass of that homemade sweet tea to wash it all down. Taco Casa is the choice. TacoCasa.com. As I mentioned, we got a great show lined up for you. Got a lot of different areas, a lot of different uh, directions we can go this morning. We can talk about officiating some more. Of course, we can start transitioning over to the Mississippi State game and how Bama approaches this game and how they approach uh, defending. Uh, the air raid, uh, Saban was asked about that. We can talk about areas we need to improve in as a team. What direction does Alabama need to do? Uh, this is one of those weeks where you're not necessarily just playing uh, against Mississippi State. You're truly playing against yourself and your standard and what it's going to take to become a championship caliber team. Uh, this Mississippi State team does some things that could cause some problems for Alabama, but I see no worries in Alabama winning, maybe covering uh, with, uh, I think this is the largest spread, opening spread of 32 points uh, in this series in over 20 plus years. So uh, Vegas, the, the, the boys in the desert, think that uh, Alabama wins easy, but uh, will they cover? We can talk about that. We can go back and retouch on a couple things I, I hit as we were going off the air, the good, bad, and the ugly, uh, keys to victory, players of the game, as well as uh, I did bring up something that was brought up by uh, several listeners regarding Najee Harris and uh, what appeared to be um, a, a momentary, out-of-character uh, attitude I had not seen uh, since uh, his uh, early years here at the at the Crimson Tide. So all of that, a lot more. We will also have DC talk a little bit about a couple other games outside of the SEC. So if you want to be a part of the conversation, 205-342-9904. 
is how you can be a part of it on the Taco Casa hotline. Good morning, Joe. How you doing, sir? Oh, I'm having a great day today, Martin. Just uh, hanging out, ready to uh, talk some football. How about you? The, uh, the exact same here. And uh, I, I know you're a big Najee fan, and, and I don't want uh, – I'm going to hit it and then move on from it. Um, uh, several listeners asked me and viewers from Facebook asked me, did I pick up on – what appeared to be an attitude potentially uh, from Najee Harris when Mac Jones scored the touchdown. Did you see that happening in the game? I, I saw it uh, kind of after the fact. It was highlighted a little bit, uh, but I, what personally it didn't bother me. He scored on the previous play. He was mad at the rest for not 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 letting him, uh, not not reviewing his touchdown. Well, you know, and that 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 and that's what I said. I was going off the air. I did notice it. Uh, I noticed it the moment it happened. Like, like, like when 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 Mac Jones went across, I noticed how he immediately turned to the sideline. He just he didn't. Get, and and that's okay. I I mean, I, if you go back and watch when I played, um, my son laughs at me. Because he's like, did you even care that y'all scored? Did you care that your teammates did well? <laughs> because I would literally do what he did. But I did it all the time. So I even did it uh, if I was fortunate enough to score. I didn't have a whole lot of celebration going on. But then I know, when, when he was walking to the sideline, Saban was talking to him. Uh, and and so I, I, I immediately picked up on that. And you, you heard me, and I don't think I've ever really explained to you why I had a hard time with Najee early on. Um, when Najee first got here, um, it was never that I didn't necessarily like Najee. It's just that I, I knew some things internally as a player about some of his attitude, okay? Uh, and, and there were several selfish threats, I think, that were made that made me have a negative opinion of him about playing time and things like that. So, so, but I had not seen that in over a year. And, and in this situation, it typically I would like go in on a guy, like just calling him selfish. You know what I mean? Like I would just go all in, but I, 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 I didn't do that on Najee on this one for a couple of reasons. Number one is I've seen the kid change and grow and mature. Okay. I've seen a guy uh, be a leader, Joe. I've seen a guy decide to come back uh, for his fourth year uh, and, and be a leader and, and, and watch him in the offseason. So he's shown a lot. He, he filled up the, the, the same way he had filled up what I call the selfish tank in my eyes. He's, he filled up the leadership and the team leader and team first tank. And that one thing is not going to change that about me. And, 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 but I didn't like it because it wasn't a good look. Uh, but then when I started thinking about it, sometimes these teams go so fast that they hurt. I think had they taken time on that play, Joe, I think they may have reviewed it and saw – to me it looked like he scored. I mean, Yeah, he it, scored. It, it, he got in. Yeah, it, 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 and I think had Alabama not gone fast, then he would have got a touchdown out of it. I also think the play call was a run. I could be wrong. But, you know, when you go back, when 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 I was playing, and, and I'm assuming coaches still do this, when they go under center, this was always one of the things that we had in our playbook, Joe. If you go under center and it's third and one, uh, fourth and one, or – uh, at inside the one at the goal line, and they do not have anybody directly over the center to his right or his left. Say, for instance, if the guy is shaded to the left shoulder of the center and the next guy is on the head up to the outside shoulder of the guard, then the quarterback would just walk up and pinch the butt of the center. And snap it. And it looked like it was a call quarterback sneak to, to the rest of us. But it really was a call run play. Um, and and when he does it, because that guy can't – that you can't stop that. He would have to cross 
the the nose tackle would have to cross the uh, center's face and the guard would have to cross the guard's face. I mean, the tackle would have to cross the guard's face to prevent you from getting it. And to me, that's what that looked like. Because if you go back and look, watch how how it seemed like the center was so much faster than all the other linemen. And Najee even looked like he took a false step. So I think Najee was expecting to get the ball. And in that mo- moment, you know, you kind of like, oh. So I- I'm not as down on it as, you know. For a as, guy who's as, trying to get the Heisman, every touchdown counts. Huh? For a guy who would like to get the Heisman playing running back, every touchdown matters. Yeah. Oh, I, I, that's, that's what I'm saying. I was not – it was it was, it was was a bad look, but it wasn't as bad as, like it, – it's not one of those where he called out his teammate. It's not one of those where he made it, like, obviously it's all about me. I think it instantaneous. I'm getting ready to get my touchdown. Oh, he snapped the ball and he – oh, he ran – you know what I mean? It was a reactionary thing, not an attitude thing, if that makes sense. Uh, because I didn't pick up anything from that point on or anything like that. It just was a bad look. And, I, and since I was asked about it, I wanted to reply to it. Uh, uh, I think Najee's fine. I think Najee has grown and matured since the, uh, the, the young man that I had a hard time with, with some of the things I knew internally. Uh, I've not heard any of those things for two-plus years, so – um, uh, I, I just wanted to address it since it was brought up uh, on Facebook. All right. Hey, a couple other things we want to get to. We're going to talk to to D.C. about officiating. Um, you, and I'll give you give us an update about Kyron Hill. Uh, what's going on with Kyron Hill uh, in, in this Mississippi State team? They have not looked anything like that team that played against LSU. Part of that is the way teams are playing them, Joe. But also, I think part of that is Hill being out. Hill, Hill is a a difference maker at, at the run position. Yeah, he's gonna. Uh, he missed last week's game against Texas A and M, and it was reported by twenty four seven that he was suspended for that game for unknown for unknown reasons. Well, Mike Leach met with the media yesterday to uh, kind of you know Monday Monday press conference, just like everybody else. And uh, when asked about Kylan Hill. He uh, said that he was still unavailable, and it's being reported that it's a personal matter. Uh, so I'm not sure if he's suspended or if he's injured or if there's something else going on with Kylan Hill. Uh, he is he leads the team in receptions. He's got the most catches despite missing last week's game. 23 catches still. Uh, he's but I mean it, it's not like Mississippi State's running the ball very much. They they only have what 115 rushing yards on the season, averaging like 30 yards rushing per game. Uh, so where he really comes in handy is in the passing game uh, in that air raid offense. So we'll see if he he's going to be back from his personal matter or if uh, he is relieved from suspension or whatever the case may be uh, and see if he's back to playing against Tuscaloosa, playing it against Alabama and Tuscaloosa this weekend. Yeah. You, they, they averaged 56.5 passes per game. <laughs> did, did you, did you hear that? 56.5 passes per game. That's what the air raid is averaging. Uh, which points out an area uh, in this game, Joe, and we'll talk to D.C. about it coming up here in just a moment, that puts a potential weakness against a potential strength. Uh, Alabama's not well on the pass rush. Alabama did not do very well, um, to me, in the Ole Miss game against uh, the hurry-up spread type of passing game. Uh, A&M had success at the end of that game, uh, the the quarter, the, the half before, uh, as they passed the ball well against us. And let's be real, JQ did not do bad when he put the ball in the air uh, against us. So uh, this could be a, a, a week where Alabama defense has to grow mature has to get a pass rush, and have to decide how they're going to defend it. We'll talk to D.C. about what he thinks about Nick Saban to why the zone works better against uh, the air raid than man. And will Alabama adjust to that? That conversation and a lot more coming up right here on the Martin Houston Show. You can be a part of the conversation at 205-342-9904. The Taco Casa Hotline is open for business. 
Tide 100.9 Traffic. From the Townsville Nissan Traffic Center, a nice-looking start to our Tuesday morning. No active wrecks, traffic light. But if you do see conditions folks need to hear about, of course, give us a call. 205-886-8886. Townsville Nissan is blowing away the competition with tremendous selection, fantastic savings, and top dollar for your trade. I'm Captain Ray. A mix of sun and clouds today with a small chance of a shower late this afternoon or tonight. The high today, 82. Tonight's low, 70. Tomorrow, cloudy. Rain becoming widespread during the day. Continuing tomorrow night, the high, 75. Thursday, rain ending during the morning, the high, 76. I'm James Spann on the ABC 3340 Weather Center on Tide 100.9. Scott Smith and Southmark Design doing business for 17-plus years, specializing in graphic design services, commercial printing, promotional products, advertising specialties, and so much more. Basically, any and everything you would need to advertise, promote, and grow your business. Through strong partnerships, strong customer service, and creative ideas, they'll help you market and grow your business. Give Scott a call at 205-292-4680 or email scottis at comcast.net and visit them online at southmarkdesign.com. Interact with the Martin Houston Show by calling us at 205-342-9904 or tuning into the Martin Houston Show show on Facebook. Good morning. Welcome back to the Martin Houston Show. It's now time for us to bring in DC, DC Capstone Report. He is a regular guest uh, joining us each and every Tuesday morning. You can find him at dccapstonereport.com. Also, like DC Capstone Report Facebook page. DC, good morning. How you doing, sir? Doing great, Martin. How are you this morning? Doing well, doing well. Thanks for uh, joining in and being a part of the program in my absence, um, as you've faithfully done for the past year or so. Glad to be back with you, though. Glad to have you back in the saddle this morning, Martin. Joe did a great job filling in for you, but it's always good to have you back. Glad glad to be back. Let's go ahead. Pat uh, has been holding, so he has question for us. Pat, you're in with the Martin Houston Show and DC hey. Capstone Report. How are you doing, sir? Good morning. Good morning, DC. Uh, DC, let's uh, keep in theme with Martin, what Martin's got planned for you. Let's talk about SEC officiating. That was a bunch of crap. Oh, I, I, I don't gamble, and but but a hey, Lane Kiffin ought to not be fined for being right. That, uh, well, I had to, I had to uh, agree uh, with you. you. Uh, uh, go ahead. I have to agree with you, Pat, in in, so, in, in what you're saying there, simply because uh, this wasn't the first time that this has happened with the SEC officiating in this in this game in that game against. Uh, Ole Miss and uh, Auburn in the game against Arkansas and Auburn and Alabama's game Saturday, uh, there were some just blown, missed calls, uh, non-reviews, things that, uh, you know, for example, uh, just in the Alabama game when the Najee Harris touchdown that they obviously scored and, and didn't get the touchdown, every touchdown is supposed to be reviewed, every touchdown. So it wasn't exactly. even really intended to be reviewed. So it, it, no matter how fast the play goes, the, the, the review has got to be made on a touchdown. And so uh, that was a bold mistake. And I, I agree with you. I, I think the reason uh, – I, I, I believe I know what he was, what Lane Kiffin was told yesterday, uh, that he can't tell. And uh, I believe it just goes to uh, – makes it more frustrating for him. And, and I understand his frustrations. And and uh, yeah, I think the officiating lacks a lot, lets a lot to be desired. And, there, and the problem is there's no accountability and there's no way for you to appeal that in the SEC. So I think something's got to change with the procedures in order for it to make it better for all teams. Well, well, Lane, Lane shouldn't have to pay that 25000 because, hey, I mean, and I'm like this about it. If you, uh, if it's undisputable evidence through the film that uh, they did not make a mistake, then and and you uh, criticize them, then find your butt. But when it's uh, it was obvious that uh, the his <laughs> pinky had touched the ball. Even the announcers all said on the the television announcers, Gary Danielson, all said that the ball touched him. Uh, well, I mean, or well, Pat, whoever, it, whoever Pat, was, it was, was it's not just that. It. I can't remember what Gary Danielson. Hey, Pat, it's not just that he. 
said that they that they were saying it was touching. It's the, it's their response. Okay, first of all, if you go back, Auburn got the Kentucky touchdown that was taken off the board. That was an obvious touchdown to everybody that was watching, except for whoever the officials are that supposed to be reviewing the case. That's number one. Number two is that was an obvious lateral. I mean, the guy threw the ball behind him. That's number yeah, two. That was a fumble. Number, it was number, a fumble anyway. number three is you didn't just they didn't just not review the um, the um, Ole Miss call. The response that they gave Gary them is we looked at it and there was nothing there that warranted us reviewing it. They're saying it wasn't even a play. It wasn't even close enough to warrant a review. At least on the other ones, they reviewed it, and I don't know what they saw, uh, but they they were they were saying at that game that. Gary Danielson and them, they said it did not warrant a review. And then after the game comes over, they come out and say it was another mistake. And the targeting, we didn't even mention the targeting call, which I, listen, Martin personally, glad the kid from Tennessee didn't get thrown out because I think the targeting um, penalty is totally ridiculous. Um, anyway, yeah. I, I don't think guys should be thrown out for targeting Um on their first incident, because uh, most of them are not malicious hits. And then, and then They're just in the routine of playing football. Let me finish real quick. And 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 so when you look at that play, that was that by the rule book though it was targeting. How do you, the guy hit with the top of his head hit the hit the Alabama player in the head? The Alabama player didn't see him coming, which makes him defenseless. I mean, it was everything that you you have, and they said. No targeting. And so it's just the inconsistency of the SEC, and, and it's gotten worse. So, uh, But, Pat, we, we need to let you go. You got anything yeah, else yeah, for us real I, quick? Yeah, I, uh, one thing before I go, uh, I'm going down to uh, tie my boat out for the storm, and I'm going to pick up my tri-cornered uh, pirate hat. they on my boat down there as a pirate. And, uh, <laughs> but I'm coming back because there's no way Alabama wins the game. But no way that they covered 32 points. They made a sucker bet. That, uh, I don't gamble, but doggone, 32 points is a lot of points in the SEC. What do y'all think before I go? Go ahead, D.C. Well, I, I have a, just a, a different opinion. I think we're going to cover the points on this one just because I, I, have, I have a feeling I have a feeling what's going to happen in this game. And uh, I think uh, my assessment of the game is this sets up perfectly for Alabama's defense to have a redeeming game. Uh, based on the schemes that are going to be run, based on the improvement that I've seen. So okay, uh, I, I just yeah, I also just like the Mississippi State. Playing, I think, and and I think Hill's going to play, and if Hill plays, it'll be a, a different set of, and that it'll be close. I anyway, my, my thought hey, is fellas, that Hill's not going to play. My thought is Hill's not going to play because he's not even been at practice. He's not even at, with the team right now. Oh, okay, okay, okay. Yes. Uh, all right. Hey, y'all have a blessed day, fellas, and uh, thank y'all and appreciate you, D.C. And Martin, have a great day. Glad to have you back. Bye. Glad to be back. All right, let's go to Lake Martin John. Lake Martin John, you're in with the Martin Houston Show and D.C. Capstone Report. What's on your mind? Well, good morning, gentlemen. I'm in total agreement. I don't think 32 points is uh, too many. Um, I kind of, uh, you know, I'm, I'm always a positive person. I, I kind of think that uh, – it was a terrible thing to lose, Mr. Waddle, but uh, I think the team will rally behind this, and um, I, I think they'll really come out and, and cover those 32. My question on the officiating is, why is it always Auburn? Well, I mean, I think I think in this case we can make a case for that, but I think that's a little overgeneralization about this year. We, I look at other games that Alabama's played, and I think the officiating has been horrible. Uh, I think the officiating uh, was really terrible uh, in the Kentucky game as well that they had against uh, uh, this past weekend. So I, I think the Kentucky-Tennessee game officiating was bad. So I think it's just been across the board this year. But I think Auburn is always in the mix because they're the luckiest team in America. Yeah, yeah. I agree. Well, uh, Go ahead. Go ahead. Martin, John, I, I'm going to disagree with D.C. there a little bit in the sense that, yes, it's been bad everywhere. But Auburn 
has voodoo magic or something because yeah. th- it, it, it's it's one thing to have bad officiating, like like okay, that's bad officiating on um, a targeting call or yeah. or or not call, but you can go back when you literally look at. And the quarterback bobbles the snap, picks up the snap, and turns his shoulders. Yeah. And the ball is released behind. That is a lateral. There, there, there is no judgment required. That That's the ball, would, there is you're, no you're judgment correct. required. There's no reason for you to 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 look at anything else. When you look at that, that it's, it's the type of call. It's not that they didn't look at the. The, the 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 pinky gate or whatever you want to call it when it hit Shiver's hands, they said it didn't warrant a um I mean it's it's not that's not bad officiating. That's bad decisions. That's that's yeah. that's saying things that that did I mean it's 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 one thing to to miss a call or miss holding and things like that. And that is where the SEC really needs to figure out what's going on with their officiating. But the Auburn stuff and I hey, listen. I'm, 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 this is not crimson colored glasses on the Auburn stuff. That is just you. Just you just cannot m- make up the, every week. No. You can expect there to be something that happens in the Auburn game where you go, "Wow!" And then, it, and then, it, three times at least three times this year, the SEC office three times the SEC office has had to come out and say that they missed the call in the Auburn game. That the, the coaches had a right to be upset. If I for saying something and insinuating something that they said was right, he said the same thing they said, and he's now paying twenty five thousand dollars for it. So you know, actually, anyway. when you think about it, they were correct. It, there was nothing there that warranted review because it was obviously a lateral. <laughs> so they, they were right, but. Uh, and, and the thing is, too, the bad calls happen to Alabama, Tennessee, everybody. But listen, these calls that go with Auburn cause the game to change the winner. They are game-changing missed calls. Yeah. I guess that's that. their calls seem to have a lot more impact and in, in being a lot bigger moments. That's, that's what I'm, I'm talking about. Under the uh, uh, Mississippi State, you know, my gosh, how many 60-something passing plays a game? Do you realize that Kentucky only had 36 game, plays in the entire game last week? And Mississippi State's throwing for 60? <laughs> yeah, 56.5 passes per game. Well, I tell you, this was a great chance for us to get that pass uh, coverage and uh, down and I'm really, really still looking for this uh, real big dog pass rusher. I haven't, I haven't seen quarterbacks getting pressured this uh, like we used to see from Alabama. Yeah. Well, part of that is because of the scheme that the teams are playing against is because of our outside rush, uh, and I think they won't be able to do that in this game against the Mississippi State because Mississippi State wants to put uh, five guys in. Uh, in the pattern at all times. That's the way the air raid offense works. If you got five guys in a pattern, you got one guy throwing that six guys. So you can't have seven guys in max protection if you're throwing, if you're playing with six in the passing game. And, and that is exactly are. that is exactly why I call the radio show because uh, <laughs> I need to hear things like that uh, for my understanding. Uh, and I'll let you go with listen. Don't don't worry too much. Uh, I appreciate the the general way which. Uh, uh, Mr. Houston handled Najee's attitude situation here because, boy, let me tell you, there's a fine line between attitude being bad and a cancer in the locker room, but it also right. being a motivating factor for the individual. And I think Najee's motivated. And don't forget, in the middle of a national championship game against Texas, our quarterback and our center got into a fight in the middle of the field. So <laughs> things yeah. like this happen in the heat of battle. Uh, That's right. <laughs> yeah, you're, referring, you're referring to uh, actually it was against Notre Dame when uh, McCarron and <laughs> Barrett Jones both <laughs> went at it uh, during a during a play and even had the great uh, late great Kobe Bryant saying that's what you got to love about competition, y'all. That's why they're better than y'all. <laughs> so, yeah, anyway. exactly. So, Thanks, anyway, Lake I, appreciate, Mark, I appreciate you guys. God bless you. We'll talk to you later. 
We'll, we'll talk to you later. DC, stay tuned for more conversation in the second half. We'll flip over and talk a little bit about that pass rush and how Alabama can defend uh, the uh, air raid of Mississippi State. But before we do that, I'm going to get some thoughts from DC on last week's game against Tennessee, key takeaways and what we can grow from and be prepared to utilize and help us take down uh, the Mississippi State Bulldogs on this Saturday. Tide 100.9 traffic. From the Townsend Nissan Traffic Center, a nice looking start to our Tuesday morning. No active brakes, traffic light. But if you do see conditions folks need to hear about, of course, give us a call. 205-886-8886. Townsend Nissan is blowing away the competition with tremendous selection, fantastic savings, and top dollar for your trade. I'm Captain Ray. Hello, this is Martin Houston with the Martin Houston Show, and I want to tell you about one of our great sponsors, Overflow Express Wash. Their mission is to provide great customer service with a showroom clean car and an exceptional customer service experience. They have the basic car wash that starts at $7, but you need to check out the premium wash packages, which start as low as $12 and go up to $20. They also have a membership wash club that you can get for starting at $23.99, going up to $39.99. In other words, just double the regular premium package, drop a penny, and you can be one of the great members of Overflow Express Wash. My family and I keep our cars looking good inside and out by using Overflow Express Wash. They're located on Skyland Boulevard right next door to Alabama One, or you can find them online at overflowexpresswash.com. Andy Phillips and his team look forward to making you a part of their Nick Saban calls it the process. John Maxwell said that everything rises and falls on it. And Coach Wooden said, it's what you learn after you think you know it all that makes the difference. What am I talking about? Leadership and personal development. Is your organization, your school, your church, your family, are they receiving the proper level of leadership development and personal development? If not, the Empowerment Center for Leadership and Mentoring can help you with that. We have our pep talks, which is a one to one and a half hour lunch and learn, which we can customize to meet your needs. Or we have some topics that we present that we know can help your organization. And if you're looking for one-on-one mentoring and coaching, we can also assist you with that. Visit peptalks35.com. That's peptalks35.com. Or send an email to martin at martinhouston.org. That's the Empowerment Center for Leadership and Mentoring. Welcome back to the Martin Houston Show. The sound of Bama sports. Your show. Your team. On your home for Alabama sports. Tide 100.9 and streaming on the Tide 100.9 app. You're back in with the Martin Houston Show on Tide 100.9. We're with DC, DC Capstone Report, talking about the Mississippi State game, talking about targeting uh, and getting a quick review of the Tennessee-Alabama game. Let's get to that real quick, D.C., and kind of probably do a little rapid fire here. Real quick, D.C., what was your good, bad, and ugly from the Tennessee game? Well, I think the good was that uh, Alabama played a uh, a well-rounded, probably their best defensive game of the year. I thought there was a lot of improvement in the defense. A lot of people still harping on defense uh, being bad, but in this game, our run-stopping defense was a lot better. We didn't give up any gash runs. Matter of fact, their best running back was averaging three yards a carry. Their second one, three yards a carry. No one over 60 yards. Uh, Byron Young, uh, Fendarian Mathis, their emergence on the defensive line as run stoppers. And they have stopped run went really well. I think Josh Doe played a great game at, at the other corner. Uh, so he's coming along doing better. Malachi Moore is improving. So I thought I saw improvement uh, all around. We got beat on one deep ball uh, to the end zone from – for Patrick Sertan, but he had his guy covered, and we got beat on one uh, play to the end zone from a safety uh, on a uh, deep ball so perfectly. So uh, I think there was improvement. Let me me, me ask you this, D.C., but it seems that we're able – two things. One is Christian Harris is not playing at at the level that I think he needs to be playing at. Uh, He doesn't – 
he doesn't seem to be benefiting from Dylan Moses being out there. He seemed to play better last year with Shane Lee. I, 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 and I could be, that could be just me expecting more out of him. And number two, it seems like other teams are able to create those mismatches where, uh, against Georgia, of course, it was Christian Harris ending up, um, you know, out on their fastest running back and potentially fastest player. Last week was battle ending up, you know, on number 11 for Tennessee. You know, clear that I mean that was his that was his playing a Jane route. It be on both of those were just straight release, no moves, nothing. But they knew they had what they wanted in both of those scenarios. So to me, we ha- we're gonna have to figure out a way to to not make it obvious how to get how to create motion uh, and, and allow the wrong guy ending up on the right guy for them. Well, I think in another another reason that is is because individual execution. I don't think it has to do with all the scheme. I think uh, battle. Yeah, but DC, uh, over, DC, overplayed that case. That, that that individual execution is. I studied film and I said, "Hey, if I can get Christian Harris on my running back, the execution is." If I can get Jordan Battle one on one, I agree. It's execution by by the player. Both of those players were not in the wrong position necessarily, and and didn't necessarily do anything wrong except for the fact that that they motion, and that's what um, Ole Miss did against us. They are using their schemes, their motions, their personnel, and their alignments to create those opportunities where tight ends are running open because of the linebacker that ends up covering them, uh, because of the DB that ends up on them. They're creating those by something they're seeing on film and how we move with motion, I guess is what I'm saying. And, and to me, that concerns me, not necessarily against the teams. That concerns me when we go up against you know teams that are as talented as we are. I hear what you're saying, but I disagree with you in this game. I don't think that was the creation of this game. Uh, the Christian Harris on the, on the running back, I think, was correct in the previous game, but that was corrected in this game. That didn't happen in this game. What happened was you had a wide receiver. It wasn't a tight end. It was a wide receiver on battle. Battle should have played the ball differently in that scenario. He, he didn't get into his break fast enough. He didn't backpedal fast enough. He was counting on a short route when he should have always been counting on a deep route because he's a safety and supposed to be doing that. So, I think that was an individual mistake in this in this game. So I see the improvement. You're seeing that they're still the same, and I disagree with that. I, I think we're making adjustments that were different. That's really helping us along the way. So I, no, I, I didn't say I, we weren't hadn't made adjustments. That, that was just the only area. I think in some of the other areas we've gotten better. It was just to me when I saw that play, DC. When I saw Jordan Battle on number eleven, and I didn't even know who number eleven was. No, well, he was, that he was a freshman wide receiver. He's not a, a lot of safety freshman wide in college football. A freshman that wide receiver that that's uh, fast, and he and he and he should have known that. Battles should have known that it was, it was in the scouting report. But if I get a safety, an elusive wide, that's like getting that's that's like getting if if Mac Jones comes up and sees uh, Devontae Smith. John Mechie, and if we had Waddle uh, and and Forrestal, and he sees that there's a safety on Mechie, uh one-on-one, it was man-to-man coverage. If if a safety ends up one-on-one with uh, Smith, Mechie, or Waddle, nine out of ten times, that's where the ball is going because I have now created the mismatch I want. I want a safety. I don't care how good a safety is. I want a safety on one of those guys. The, the strong safety, not 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 our free safety, which are a lot like corners and stars and stuff like that. But let, hey, let's move on uh, from from that standpoint. What what about from the offensive side of the ball? Uh, what did you see? Well, I think on the offensive side of the ball, we were we were playing uh, with a lack of passion at the very beginning because of the Waddle injury. I think that carried over for two or three series. I think that was a that was the tension that you saw on the sideline. That was the lack of fun that you saw on the sideline. But I think uh, Messi stepping up, Clay Bolden stepping up, uh, I think was in, was really good. I think uh, Najee running the ball, three touchdowns, should have had four touchdowns. 
uh, was really good. Mac Jones made some really good plays, some really good, good. But he, I think there was several third downs where he left some plays on the field that he, he made the wrong throw or, or had to, had the wrong uh, read. And so I think there's some improvement there to go to offense. But really, I think going forward without Waddle, we're going to have to find a way to put Mechie and, and Smith on the same side of the ball to create the mismatches. We're not going to have three wide receivers that can go. Unless one of the young guys step up that we talked about earlier in preseason, like Javon Baker or Trishon Holden, if they do step up and make some can stretch the field, uh, then that might help. But otherwise, teams are going to have to put uh, you got to put Waddle and and uh, Mechie on the same side and and create some mismatches that way with movement. DC, do you believe that it's more likely uh, a long term plan would be to do what you're saying is maybe move? Uh, Mechie to Waddle's spot and and still have Bolden in there as the backup kind of in that role and then work on getting Baker or Holden or one of those guys uh, as that third wide receiver? Or do you see what we went with, with Bolden, you know, being in there? Uh, where, where Waddle, which one you think is more likely? Well, I think it's kind of a hybrid. I talked about it in my podcast this week. Uh, Slade Bolden is a slot type receiver, so on those plays where that where you're going to make create a mismatch with the slot, I think you can still use. But if you want to create uh, extending the plays uh, lengthwise of the field uh, and open it up for Mechie and Smith or, and or your third wide receiver to make the play, one of those three, then I think you had to bring Javon Baker and Trayshawn Holden into the mix. But see, those guys weren't into playing; they were they were there as backups, but they were everyone in the game planning this time. This week, they'll be in the game planning, I believe, and you'll see more plays for them uh, to be used. But I think Slade Bolton does, does a good job of the slot possession receiver, and I think he can still be used. So I think it'll be kind of a hybrid going forward this year. Yeah, I thought Slade Bolden, he was one of my players of the game, actually, uh, coming in not expected to play at all and to, to pull down six receptions um, and one drop from breaking 100 yards uh, in his first real action uh, as a you know a go-to or a needed or dependent upon receiver, so I had no problems with with the way he played. I just know that uh, he'll be game planned for more <laughs> this week than he was uh, before, so they'll know more about know a little bit more about him. Uh, anything else from a, uh, a a good, bad, ugly standpoint from the Alabama well, I think our- take forward? Yeah, I think our place kicking, I think under pressure, uh, our place kicking has done really well. So I, I like Real Rocket ought to get some credit for being perfect so far on on uh, field goals and and uh, PAT. But as far as the, the bad, I, I still think that we, uh, our punting situation is going to get better. Uh, I, re- I really think the, uh, the officiating was ugly in this game. I think there was a lot of missed calls by the officials, not only just the touchdown and not only the failure to review a couple of plays and missing a review. I think when you actually review a, a targeting call and it meets all the criteria for targeting, you don't call targeting, even though I disagree with the targeting rule right now, I believe that's the travesty when you actually have that many people looking at it for that long and still can't come up with targeting on that play. I think that was just yeah, that, cool. that was pretty bad. All right. Hey, DC, let's go ahead and get to break here. Come on the other side. Um, I want to uh, areas we need prove uh this week i, I alabama's gonna win this game uh but if if you're out where do we need to improve to become championship level uh a, a championship level team uh specifically i want questions on the defensive side of the ball uh things i think we need to do better and we'll talk about what alabama needs to do to slow down the air raid of mississippi state you listen to the martin houston show we're talking with dc dc capstone report more conversation up next. Tide 100.9 traffic. I'm the Townsend Nissan Traffic Center. No active wrecks, but slow traffic on US 43 at Alabama 171, 69 at Union Chapel, McFarland at 43 and 69. If you see other conditions, give us a call. Townsend Nissan is blowing away the competition with selection, savings, and top dollar for your trade. Cash in today at Townsend Nissan. I'm Captain Ray. Good morning. Hurricane Zeta continues to churn its way across the Gulf of Mexico this morning, headed toward the central Gulf Coast. Category 1 storm now on track to make landfall late Wednesday afternoon in southeast Louisiana. It will then turn northeastward toward Alabama as a tropical storm. 
There will be impacts of heavy rain as well as strong wind gusts here in West Alabama. Monday, it was West Block and High in Bibb County. Now, Gordo Elementary and Gordo High School have closed due to an influx of positive COVID-19 tests. I'm Don Hartley. Hello, this is Martin Houston with the Martin Houston Show. And I want to tell you about Tuscaloosa Custom Carving. If you're looking for a way to add value to your home, make your flower beds pop, make your landscaping stand out from your neighbors, then Tuscaloosa Custom Curbing can help you do just that. They have numerous styles, but they feature the Moroccan Stone Curb Series, which includes four great styles and unlimited color choices. That's Tuscaloosa Custom Curbing. They are the one that can help you stand out from your neighbors. Tuscaloosa Custom Curbing, 205-331-6823. You may also find yourself with the need for a custom size stone or, or custom shaped stone. Then Tuscaloosa Custom Curbing can help with that as well. Paul Fuller and his team are waiting on your call right now for that free quote. And if you tell them that Martin Houston with the Martin Houston Show told you to stop by, you'll get a big discount. So call Tuscaloosa Custom Curbing at 205-331-6823 or visit them online at Tuscaloosa Custom Curbing, LLC. The sound of Bama sports. Your show. Your team. The Martin Houston Show. On your home for Alabama sports. Tide 100.9. And streaming on the Tide 100.9 app. Take the shot of all my feet so I can All right, you're back in with the Martin Houston Show. Don't forget about the great folks over at... Alabama One Insurance, Alabama One Insurance, your one source for your, all your insurance needs, whether it's auto, home, life, commercial. If you're looking to get it properly insured, not just insured, but properly insured, then you need to give us a call at 205-342-0112, 205-342-0112, or check us out online at alabamaoneinsurance.com or shoot us an email, insurance at Alabama One. Dot org. That's Alabama One Insurance, your one source for all your insurance needs. DC, let's do a little rapid fire on uh, areas of improvement. And to me, um, Alabama has to improve in the area of the pass rush as a whole. And I understand that Texas A&M and uh, uh, Tennessee, no sacks in those games. Tennessee uh, had seven-man protection. And, uh, and, and that's understandable, uh, if you don't, you know, send enough guys and you're not going to get there cause they can double and, and all that. But how does Alabama improve their pass rush? Well, I think, uh, in this game, uh, I don't think, uh, Mississippi State's going to have mass protection because they get the ball out of the pocket, try to get out fast. So they're going to try to rely on get the ball out to their back and that sort of thing. So I think this is the game gives us a great opportunity to work on our pass rush, but one thing we're going to, have to improve on is um, I, I believe we've been so concerned about staying on our gaps and watching our gaps that we've been more concerned about keeping quarterbacks in the pocket uh, than we have about rushing uh, with uh, with the with the passes. So I think if they finally turn loose our outside rushers, I believe Christopher Allen and uh, we'll we'll, do, we'll make a, have a good game in this game. But I think they've been so concerned about maintaining the edge that they haven't rushed the outside rushers. They've been trying to rely on our middle rush. And, uh, you know, Christian Barmore, who's a guy that I just really love and adore, he just didn't have, hadn't had the push at the middle that I thought he would have. Uh, D.J. Dale has not had the push at, at the middle that would require two people to occupy him like I thought they would, which would open up your outside pass rush. So uh, I, I believe it sounds crazy, but in order – for us to really have a good outside pass rush, our middle, uh, our, our our nose guard and our middle tackles are going to have to really create a push that won't that will need to be double teamed in order to uh, be able to get the outside rusher running free. Um, I think. That's how do you to... how do you explain the lack of PT for Christian Barmore? Uh, Curtis Lewis said we should see less Dale on the field with more emphasis on pass rush and with fewer linemen being used. I agree with part of that is uh, DJ Dale is not creating any pass rush and not creating a lot of push or a lot of need for a double team right now. Barmore is leading the team in sacks with two. We only have seven through five games total. Uh, Barmore has two, but how do you explain his lack of playing still struggling with the same thing? Cause to me, when he's in there, he's, he's a, a, a havoc and, and, and a home record, but he's just not in enough, in my opinion. 
Well, I don't. I don't think that he is uh, physically well at this point. I, I you know, pre uh, pre-game preseason, he had some. Uh, they haven't mentioned it, but he had some uh, surgery. Uh, he's been rehabbing, coming back from, and I don't think he's been game ready in any of the games leading up. I think uh, from this that the second half of the season will be the season that be the top of the season that he gets in shape and ready to play for a full game. He had his playing time, in my opinion based on what I've been told, is not because of lack of uh, uh, the mental areas that were happening before, but with uh, just physicality and the nature of his rehab coming along from the surgery that he had. To me, the middle of our defense is the concern that, that I have, um, and we won't be exposed this week because Mississippi State's not going to run the ball, uh, but uh, pass rush up the middle, push up the middle, and the run game up the middle has been my biggest concern. Uh, but before – we're not even going to get into that. But that's an area we have to improve. But to me, zone versus man, uh, teams that that run man like we do struggle against this type of offense. Will Nick Saban make an adjustment uh, or will we go out and look like we did against Ole Miss because we refuse to change our scheme uh, to slow down what, what they're facing? No, I think we're going to make an adjustment. I think you saw a little bit of that adjustment uh, recently. I think uh, playing combo coverage or, or zone, which you hardly ever do out of the Nick Saban covered defense, I don't think that ever happens. But I think in this game, uh, Coach Saban's already talked about it, I think we're seen, going to see it implemented more because every team that's played them since LSU, LSU tried to man up on them, and they took advantage of that. Uh, if, every, every team that's played them since then has either used a combo coverage or a zone. It's, it's been effective. So I think Alabama makes adjustments to that this game. All right, D.C., what you got for Alabama versus Mississippi State? Well, I think uh, the podcast already up. My, my prediction is Alabama 52, Mississippi State 17. All right, 52-17. All right, tell the listeners real quick where they can find you. On the DC Capstone Report.com or DC Capstone Report Facebook page, you can follow me at David Cot 50. That's D A B I D C O T 50 on Twitter. All right, that's DC DC Capstone Report at David Cot 50. DC Capstone Report.com. We'll catch you on next week, DC. Thanks and have a roll. Thank you, Martin. Have a great day and roll time. All right. I'm Martin Houston for the Martin Houston Show. That's Joe Gaither pushing all the right buttons. You're listening to your home for Alabama Sports Tide 100.9. This is the Martin Houston Show, the sound of Alabama sports, your show, your team. And remember, trust in the Lord always. Lean not your own understanding. All your ways acknowledge him, and he will direct your path. We'll have a great show for you tomorrow, which includes Scotty Hollins with the Christian Moment of the Week.